You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Dr. Jess, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling good. Talk to me. Why is that? We have just disembarked the Desire Cruise. And I don't know if this was maybe number six for us in terms of Desire Cruising, but we just came off a week in Greece with one stop in Turkey. And it was a lot of fun, but it was pretty intense. Yeah, it was intense. Lots of socializing. Yeah, that's an understatement. I always Those find... people like to party. Oh my gosh, I can't keep oh up. God, I don't know. I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you, I don't know how they do it. They're up at like seven in the morning and they party hard until like three in the morning. Is that is that their schedule? I don't know. I'm, don't I'm know. asleep long before that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. But it's super friendly crowd. Oh yeah, very like, friendly. It's so much fun while you're on, but then you know when you come off of something that's so highly social, at least me... Oh, I feel like a total drop. I just need to be quiet yeah. for a bit. Need some time to chill. Yes. Now we are also en route to Atlanta for Sex Town South via Toronto. Very excited for this. So this is definitely a quickie episode because we just don't have a lot of time. We're stopping okay. in Toronto overnight so that I can feed my dad and see my mom and my stepdad. Check on my plants. Yeah. Drop off my cleats to my friend's house because I'm gonna I need her to carry them to a tournament for me in Montreal. What for? What are you playing we're not talking about that right now <laughs> okay i play ultimate and brandon likes to make fun hope of adam's listening right now at an <gasps> hour oh my gosh i feel like we've bonded over this brandon calls it frisbee if i call it frisbee people who play ultimate are gonna get mad at me ultimate, but it's, it's ultimate <laughs> it's the least ultimate too. <laughs> it's ultimate anyhow we have a short amount of time so we are going to get in to three lessons that I learned from lifestyle couples on the cruise. Three lessons from swingers, basically. These couples are swingers. Now, definitely not all the couples on the cruise are swingers or lifestylers. I want to say it's about 50-50. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Uh, but everybody is pretty open-minded. There's a lot of, you know, playfulness. But a lot of flirtation. A lot of flirtation, but not, uh, I don't know, it feels pretty low pressure to me. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, nobody's overbearing. I mean, everyone's there just to, honestly, just to party and have a good time. Yeah. It, yeah, it was really fun. Hey, before we go on, what was your highlight? Ooh, so much fun. I mean, I really enjoy the stops. I like to get off. We get off at the at, at every port. So I enjoyed. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I really enjoyed Mykonos. I thought the water was spectacular in Mykonos and very chill and relaxing day. Um, what else did I enjoy? I enjoyed uh, Kavala. I enjoyed the, the meals. The food was mm. was incredible. So like, yeah. there's so many highlight meals. And then, uh, you, you know, on board, uh, I really had a great time at the, the white party night. Yeah, that's my a, favorite night too. It was a fun too. night where everybody was partying hard, out dancing. And the weather was fantastic. Like oh the, my gosh, like we got such so a lucky. Great week of weather on the boat, so smooth. Yeah, it was just fantastic. My highlight was definitely Mykonos because yeah. we just chilled yeah. for the day. We were kind of on the edge of a cliff overlooking the ocean. We'd walk down to the ocean, jump in, and it was so clear. And then I think the other was Kusadasi. We'd been to Kusadasi, mm, Turkey yeah, in the past yeah. and visited Ephesus, which obviously is super fascinating to see such an ancient city and walk its you know, roads with street lamps that you can't, thousands of years ago, you think about them lighting up. Oh, incredible. A road. The engineering from, you know, thousands of years ago was spectacular, but also in Kavala, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Kusadasi. No, no, no. But I'm saying in Kavala, that oh. other stop, finding those local beaches was really cool. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. We stumbled upon some beaches where, I mean, they were actually, there, some of them were beaches, but some of them were rock, yeah. like cliffs where you could swim. And there was one where only two people were there. Mm -hmm. They showed us how to safely get in and not step, step on, on sea, sea urchins. urchins yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Another highlight. 
the dog cafe in oh, Kusadasi. Yeah, what was sure. the name of it? The, the Hand, the hand coffee, shop. coffee Shop in Kusadasi. Yeah. We've been there before and yeah. there's just dogs wandering around. Yeah. Three owners, three dogs and with their three dogs. Always a great way to have a coffee. Yeah. It's that puts me in a good mood. Okay. So let's talk about some of the messages, some of the important lessons and reminders that we got from folks who are in the lifestyle. And again, I get it. Not everybody's in the lifestyle, but I think we definitely all have something to glean from hearing from people who have different relationship arrangements than our own, especially ethical non-monogamy. And so, yeah, I'm just going to dive into it. So the first, and I posted about this on Instagram, get off the escalator. And I took a direct quote on each of these. So this is from a couple from England. They're in their 40s, 43 and 46. I think she was the older one. So I think he was 43, she was 46 from England. This is what they said. What I mean is that one thing doesn't have to lead to another. If you go to a party, it doesn't mean you have to play. If you play one time, it doesn't mean you have to do it again. You don't always have to up the ante and in fact pulling back can be even more exciting and will sometimes be necessary for the relationship i find people are often afraid to try something because they think their partner will just want more and more but if you're feeling that kind of pressure in your relationship then i don't think the lifestyle is for you yeah i thought that was a really helpful piece of advice that they shared with the group and I think there's this idea that every time you do something, you have to be able to up the ante, like you said, and do something, do it again or right. go bigger. Well, I every hear time. people say that, like, if I do this for my partner, especially in cases where they're like, oh, I'm not really into this, but I could do it for my partner. I get that they're into it and I'd love to be a part of it for them. But I often hear, well, my fear is that if I do this, then they're going to want that. If I do that, then they're going to want something even more. And I love this idea in life that life isn't an escalator. It's not just where we're always ascending to something bigger or more dangerous or or greater we're just experiencing yeah i mean I, I like you just said i think it's applicable across the board and there's always this idea that you're progressing up but i also think that the, the couples that had these sort of conversations are the ones who seem a lot happier like does it is it not the case where you know they're having these conversations when they're not in the heat of the moment they're de they're decompressing they're dissecting they're discussing these experiences after the fact and it's those discussions that i feel when these these incredible pieces of, of advice and insight come out. And that's what I really found interesting and helpful. Well, that actually leads, and I know not on purpose because oh. I never, I know you never <laughs> read the notes, but that leads into another piece here, which is bring up the bad when things are good. Hmm. So many people avoid having serious conversations because when things are good, you don't want to ruin it by bringing up something intense, right? But mm -hmm. then when you wait till you're really upset to talk about that intense thing, mm -hmm. you're not going to be kind of at your best in terms of communicating or emotionally processing or slowing down and taking a beat. So this is what these newlyweds, oh, these these folks are in their 50s. So she was 55, he was 59, and they're from Germany, and they just got married. Germany, yeah. This is what they mm, said. Yeah. Don't wait until you run into trouble. Instead, talk about the hypotheticals. We learned early on that it's easier to deal with the hard stuff when you're not already upset about those same issues. So bring up the difficult stuff, jealousy, insecurity, changing your mind. So they're talking about swinging here. When things are already going smoothly so that you'll have a better idea of how your partner feels and what they need if and when the issues actually arise. And I love this, the talking about, okay, so what if this were to happen? What if that were to happen? What if I freaked out? Because this does happen mm -hmm. in life. People mm -hmm. pull back, they get upset, they change their mind, they freak out. It's actually not 
the end of the world. And so this applies across the board. We always talk about this. If you're going to talk about intense topics, difficult topics, contentious issues, bring it up when you're in a good place. Make the time for it. Maybe set a time limit on it. Like you don't mm-hmm. want it to get away from you. But this is really what, what I do in my work, right? I'm bringing yeah. people conversations, conversation tools and starters so that they can actually talk about things before the issues arrive. It arise it's like fire prevention and, and i love the germans because they're always pushing the boundaries they are yeah no, for real i'm these, serious these ones have the best outfits they if you remember the best. oh i do <laughs> and this actually leads really nicely into the third piece of advice which has to do with mistakes this is to me one of the most important pieces in relationships when it comes to sex when it comes to pushing your comfort zone when it comes to trying new things not just non-monogamy but just overall embrace mistakes. So this was a younger couple from the States, 38 and 46. They have three kids and they said, if something goes awry, it's okay. Everyone is always asking, what if? So what if something goes wrong? What if an experience goes sideways? That's life, whether you're monogamous or not. Don't let the fear alone hold you back. And they say, imagine we did this with having kids, with moving cities, with taking a new job. There is too much focus on making things perfect and it's not realistic for vanilla couples. So why do we put pressure on ourselves in the lifestyle? If you have the foundation of loving, happy relationships, you'll probably feel even closer when you go through the so-called mistakes together. And this is something I hear so much from couples that they're afraid that if they push their boundary, if they go to a sex club, if they try a new act, if they engage in something that makes them nervous, that it could go wrong. And I'm like, okay, so it might go wrong, but what does that mean? What does it mean? Does it mean that you hate yourself, that you hate your partner, that your relationship falls apart? No, hopefully you're not even having these conversations unless you already have the foundation of trust and love Mm. and understanding and a willingness to work through things. So, you know, In life, things go wrong, right? We know we make mistakes. We know that we're like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I responded that way. But with sex, we treat it like it's so special. Like we we need to like put up the bowling alley bumpers to make sure everything goes perfectly when the worst case scenario is not nearly as bad as you're probably making it out to be in your mind. You know, we watched a show the other day and I really liked it. We watched Ted Lasso. (sighs) And one of the last episodes, they said something. They said, perfection sucks perfection is boring and beard 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 said it beard said it <laughs> but it was just the idea that it's okay to screw up it's okay to to for things to go wrong and and i really it resonated with me and it, i never thought about it from the perspective of perfection sucks the idea of trying to be perfect all the time is exhausting and like i know how draining it can be so why am i so afraid to to mess up and it's going to happen man and just embrace it And move forward. Yeah, and I get, obviously, I mean, the flip side of that is in relationships, we have the inclination to protect what we have, right? So if we've got this good relationship, we're afraid that if we go and try something or do something differently or engage, for example, in non-monogamy, non-monogamy, that it's going to ruin the relationship. But I would challenge you to think about why do you think that this one specific act is going to ruin things? Like, why do we think that it's that thing? But I get it. And it actually, all of these points, even though they're from three different couples, tie together. It has to do with, for example, the perception of an escalator, mm-hmm. right? That, oh, mm-hmm. if we do this, that's eventually going to get boring and we're going to have to up the ante. That we don't want to have these difficult conversations when things are going well. But I, I think the this last one is the most important to me around embracing mistakes, like being mm-hmm. okay with the fact that things don't have to go perfectly. You can have bad sex. You can have a bad experience. You can have a fight, mm-hmm. right? Like we see this 
this all the time where couples engage in experiences, monogamous or not, that don't work out and they still come out the other side either exactly as they were or even better. Well, I think about the idea of screwing up and I, I guess I'm also thinking about things from the perspective of a relationship where you have that solid foundation to begin with so that when you do screw up, you know that it wasn't intended to hurt the other person. You know that it was, um, you know, you can kind of, I don't want to say laugh it off, but you can move forward and understand, okay, that didn't work. Let, let's try it again or let's try something different or let's try a different, you know, approach on this. Or maybe we don't try it again. That was something we did and we didn't enjoy it. Right. There's always kind of pulling back, taking a left-hand turn, taking a right, doing a U-turn, whatever it is mm -hmm. that works for you. So yeah. when I look at actually these, these perspectives or these insights, I think it's, they really kind of line up for me as reasons why people won't try new things. So maybe mm. it's more like hurdles, these notions or these, I won't, don't want to say limiting beliefs, these, these um, thoughts that hold us back from trying something new. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All great, great insight though. And these were just a few of the many that I heard kind of come across your plate, you know, during these conversations that, that you were having. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to say also that you don't have to do everything, no. right? I think that these insights don't apply if you don't have that foundation to which we referred, if you have a partner who's pressuring you, mm -hmm. right? So I would never want a partner who wants something and the other partner doesn't to take it and say, oh, no, no, they said this. Like it says it doesn't matter. Well, listen, if someone's not into something, like they genuinely are not into it, it doesn't align with their values. It doesn't align with their identity. They just simply feel so uncomfortable that it would be more distressful than pleasurable, however you define that. That means that maybe that thing just isn't for you and you don't have to do everything. Well, also, and you talked about that a little bit, just the idea of talking about something before you're in that situation. It's, oh, of it's, course. It's, it's yeah. like, do I want to do that? Well, why don't we have a conversation about it before we do it? And I can tell you how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what I'm afraid of, what I'm excited for. And then from there, maybe I want to proceed with it. And you know what? Maybe I don't. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really happy that we had this conversation. And now you know exactly how I feel. And, and, it, and, and again, it just, it strengthens the foundation. And don't you want a partner? who, if you decide to pull back or you say, you know what, I'm not feeling cool with this is like, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. I want, I want to support you. I want to take care of you. I'm not going to make you feel guilty. I'm not going to put pressure on you. And so it really boils down to having that foundation of a happy, healthy, loving, caring relationship where you want the best for one another. Because if you don't have those things to begin with, there's like no tool, no tip. These three insights may not even apply. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Okay. We gotta go. We are off to Sex Down South, which is the coolest sex conference. So much fun in Atlanta. If you've never been, look at it for next year because you're probably too late or, for this year. Oh, that's is it? Yes, it's next year, but I'm sorry. But they're also doing Sex Down South in Jamaica yeah, as well, aren't they? Hedonism in June. I have yeah. to get a promo code for that because it's just very preliminary. But it's, it's really growing. Yeah, I think it's June 1st to June 6th or 7th down in Hedonism with Sex Down South. The coolest, most fun group of people. For me personally, just just my people really looking forward to it and uh, I know that this has been a short one but the good news is at Sex Town South there are so many brilliant minds so we're lining up a bunch of podcast interviews with some really really brilliant folks and uh, you're I'm gonna love the content so you don't have to just listen to our voices amazing I miss I miss those interviews so we're gonna let you go but before you go we have a promo from womanizer.com so womanizer you know their technology pleasure air their sex toy advent calendar by womanizer and love honey is is super discounted. It says 481 euros, but it's on sale for 180 euros. And I, I don't know what it is in US, but I know the, the euro and the US aren't too far off. Sorry for the Canadians because our dollar sucks, but 
It's a ton, a ton of value and it always sells out because last year, I guess the influencers put it on TikTok and it was within a matter of hours, it was sold out even though it's for the holidays. So it includes so many products. Okay, so the Womanizer Classic 2 Clit Stimulator, a mini massage wand, penis ring, a body massager, another penis ring, a textured stroker, anal beads, ankle restraints, wrist restraints, sandalwood scented candle, a card game, dice, mini paddle, mint, mint orgasm bomb, vanilla massage oil, and much more. I can't read it all. There's a crystal butt plug as well. And there's a G-spot <laughs> massager and a G-spot dildo. There's a whole bunch of stuff. If you go to womanizer.com, it's in the sales section. And I have a code, right? Uh, Dr. Jess. Just Dr. Jess. D-R-J-E-S-S will get you a few extra dollars off. Womanizer.com. Uh, as I said, it usually sells out. And I guess it's really early. It's not quite the holidays and they're already launching the advent calendar because hopefully they ordered more. But go check it out. Womanizer.com. I was just going to say that was the one that, that sold out completely last year. Yeah, it was gone. Yeah. Because so, Tiki Talkers. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, folks. <laughs> You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. <laughs>